The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast once a week, I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My friends, as you just heard, we have before us today a parable of Jesus about a Pharisee and a tax collector. It is a deceptively simple story, and we could even say right out of the gate that the moral of the story is this. Don't be like the haughty Pharisee, be like the self-abasing tax collector. Or, a little more simply, just be humble. But we must tread a bit carefully, because this explanation hides a trap, and we'll get to it. So, let's take a look at the two men who went up to the temple to pray. First, a Pharisee. Luke says he is standing in the temple by himself. There's some debate about the translation. It could read that he is standing by himself praying, or it could read that he was standing praying to himself. He prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. On the one hand, that kind of talk leaves a pretty bad taste in our mouths. But on the other hand, it is true that he lives a holy life. He has set himself apart from others by his faithful obedience to the law of Moses. He is in the world, but not of the world. Then he lists a couple of his virtues. He fasts twice a week, although strictly speaking, he's only required to fast once a year. And fasting is no small matter. Going without food and water from sunrise to sunset two days every week, well, that is a serious spiritual discipline. And he gives a tenth of all his income. And this is significant because he was required to tithe only the harvest from his fields. One scholar wrote this, the law of Moses required tithing, but made allowances for those who were too poor to offer a regular tithe. A Pharisee might give 10% of everything he bought, as well as 10% of everything he earned, 
just in case the person who sold him the goods was too poor to tithe on it. Wow. We need to be aware that everyone hearing Jesus' parable would have been very impressed with the Pharisee. He was the good guy, the righteous guy in their society, the pious one who went above and beyond to be faithful. The second person who went up to the temple to pray was very different. Tax collectors were the lowest of the low. They had sold out to the Romans who oppressed Israel, collecting Roman taxes on just about everything, and padding their own pockets with whatever they wanted to charge over and above the required tax. Most became very wealthy, and they were often unforgiving toward those who struggled to pay their taxes. They were considered to be traitors and cheats. Jesus said, But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he really was a sinner. So which of these two people, Jesus asked, got it right? The one who lived a holy, exemplary life or the cheating traitor? The one who does everything right but doesn't confess his sin, who doesn't pour out his heart to God, who doesn't ask God for strength or help or guidance or mercy? The one who uses the word I four times in his prayer? Or is it the one who comes before God confessing his sins, head bowed, begging for mercy? Well, Jesus says, it's the tax collector. We could imagine a loud gasp from the crowd. They were not expecting that. But we were expecting that, right? We know it's the humble one. And are we ever glad we aren't self-righteous like that dang Pharisee? We are way more humble than that. And suddenly the trap springs shut and we are caught in it. As soon as we rejoice that we are better than the Pharisee, we become the Pharisee who rejoices that he's better than everyone else. This is a very slippery parable. So let's look again. Where did the Pharisee go wrong? He really was blessed, but he was focused on himself rather than the source of his blessing. Remember at the beginning of the reading, Luke said that Jesus told a parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. The Pharisee placed his trust in himself. He located his righteousness in his own actions and being. The tax collector, the cheat, the traitor to his people, on the other hand, knows he has no claim to any righteousness. He hasn't done anything good. He's done a lot of bad. So he stands apart and he asks for mercy. Here is the big difference between the two men who went up to the temple to pray. One relies on his own holiness and the other throws himself on God's mercy. God's mercy. That's what this parable is really all about. 
beyond tax collector or Pharisee, beyond self-righteous or humble. The point is not us, not our faith nor our failures, not our glories nor our shames. The point is God's mercy, God's wild, wonderful, extravagant, compassionate, loving mercy. There's a wideness in God's mercy, wide enough to love those really pretty holy ones and the lowest of sinners, wide enough for all of us. All we have, all we really have, my friends, is this. This is our claim to fame. This is our hope. This is our reason to face every day with courage. God's mercy. And we see it so richly in our Lord and Savior. Out of unfathomable love, Jesus died for us to make us his own. Sheer grace, pure gift. We can't earn it. We can only gratefully receive it. So let's just forget about ourselves for a moment and simply turn our hearts to God, the God who creates light from darkness, who raises our dead to life, who draws us all into unimaginable grace. Let's pray to this God. Merciful, compassionate God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen.